Welcome to another episode of the Marketing and Cupcakes podcast. You got me, Mike Conley, and you got the man, the myth, the legend, John Sertino. John's a, a great marketer, great uh, business mind. I love working with John. John has taught me a lot. So I asked him to be on the podcast, as you know. And today we're going to be talking about the Swiss cheese method, right, John? No, we're going to talk about math. Okay. That's right. Michael, That's right. I am a man and I am a legend, but I am not a myth. You are a myth. You're right. You're right. Thousand percent. <laughs> so, John, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just hand the hand the mic right over to you and um let you jump right in explaining the marketing math. No, it's not only marketing math; it's just plain old math. You know, I'm like, what would you say people when they start their business is the first thing that they're looking for? Well, I, my guess would be to to get sales. When you say profit, usually, yeah, of course. You go, if I could, if I could sell this many, whatever, or do whatever, then I can make this prop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're a startup, usually you go to that number right away. And I just want to say that it's not the most important number. God, Props is not. Number. Well, the most important number is your marketing number. And um, most people, when they start a business, don't realistically look at their marketing. So, um as you might, as you know, Mike, because we talked about it before, in all businesses, there are only three numbers. There's the um, administrative cost, which is, you know, your legal and banking and blah, blah, blah costs. It's easy to keep that number down because you're in that number and you're not billing out your time. So a lot of people will do all their own books and blah, blah, blah. It's a mistake not to measure that number because... It could be a big number if you're spending all of your time on, you know, bookkeeping and sending out letters and blah, blah, blah. It could be a big number because you have to evaluate your time. If you're a stop, if you're, if it's your business, you have to say, this is how much I'm worth. And let's say for an example, um, I'm worth about a thousand dollars an hour in Mike, what? 25. I'm a, I'm at like $8 an hour right now. Right. All right. Whatever the whatever the number might be, you have to put that number in there and keep track of how much time you're doing what you're doing. It's a really important number. And that gets down to the the math of business. So administrative cost is a really important number that's easy to keep that number down. It's probably you think you're doing a lot of the work by doing administrative work. But generally speaking, the most there are more important numbers to deal with. Now, a lot of people think the cost of goods sold or services is the most important number. Like I could buy this for $10 and sell it for $50, right? So my cost of goods sold is $10. Well, that's not really true because you're spending time buying the things and there's other numbers associated with that. So that number is an important business number and it needs to be looked at by how much time you're spending on your cost of services, whatever that might be. Which I think the most, imp- I don't fake it, I know it. The most important number is your marketing. And it's the most difficult number to get because your administrative number is obvious. You know, it's bookkeeping, legal accounting, all obvious things. You know, it's been mm-hmm. done a thousand times before. Your cost of services number is also obvious. If you're building something or selling something or whatever you're doing, you know how much it's costing you to do whatever it is that, that you're doing. In my teddy bear world, I always underestimated the cost of my goods. And I said I could make a teddy bear for 
like $8.50. It took me seven or eight years to get to that number. But I got to that number, right? But I knew I could get to it. Once I knew I could get to it, it wasn't an important number for me because I knew I was going to get there. That includes labor and shipping and a lot of different kinds of things. It didn't include the clothes and other things like that. So if you added it all together, my cost of goods sold for the teddy bear company was about 38%. That includes the boxes and blah, 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 and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the most important number of the teddy bear, because I could make teddy bears, that wasn't the problem. I could take my bears and put them in retail stores. That wasn't the problem. My bears were not selling in retail stores. That was the problem. So I needed to really come up with a marketing number. And I kind of had a marketing number. I didn't realize it was there. But I advertised on a radio station in Burlington, Vermont, a top 40 station. And I did that during Valentine's Day. And when I advertised, I sold a lot of banners called Bear Grabs. Now, there are all kinds of marketing numbers. There's a lady who lives in my neighborhood who has opened up a new store about a year ago and I'm a stocking tour. And she sells items from all over the world in a, in a shop, I don't know, about, I'd say, 500 square feet. It's a beautiful store with beautiful windows, and she's always open when she says, you know, if she says she's open on Monday from 8 to 5, she's open 8 to 5, you know? And she does beautiful displays in her stores. And I was talking to her, because I said I live, you know, I'm your neighbor, and uh, I really want you to do well. And she says, I think I need to redo my windows. That was her solution to not having sales. Redo my windows with new uh, like with new uh, letters on the windows, so, yeah. Like that. What's that? Couple grand to you know at windows and doors and stuff and things like that. And it's the first time I met her, but I didn't want to say that's a waste of money. But it's a waste of money. Now her store is made up of items from all over the world. Really beautiful. I would say pricey items, like from dishes and cups to different kind of clothing. It's you know it's really it's kind of well put together. And her basic job as an interior designer, and it looks like a store, is done by an interior designer. Now, if, if you or anybody else walked into that store, have you ever walked into a store saying, I can, I'm really interested in buying something, and I don't care what it is, you know, could be a pillow for my cat, whatever, I'm just going to go shopping. You know? mm-hmm. Most people don't do that. Most people will go to TJ Maxx and say, I need to buy clothes, right? you know, or, you know, that they buy sp- for very specific reasons. Right. And in her case, nobody would go in that store and buy an item for them. They might buy one small item for themselves. You know, she's got metal coffee cups, which I kind of like. But I've already got enough coffee cups. And I can't fit another coffee cup in my cupboard, right? <laughs> no, I really can't. I mean, do I really care about a metal coffee cup? No. I mean, I do. I really like them a lot. You know, this, you know, the metal ones that you would take camping with you. She's got those stuff for like 20 bucks. But you would like it better if someone bought it for you versus you buying it for yourself. Exactly. So what she, when she looks at her store, she doesn't look at her store as a gift store that people would buy for other people. She looks at her store as items that you would buy for yourself. So there's no word, there's no gift. Like right now and where I live, there's, I'm surrounded with universities. Tufts, Harvard, MIT, it, it got Berkeley. Boston is loaded with universities. I would, I don't know how many, 
but it's got to be 20 or 30 at least. And then there's high school graduations going on. And during the summer, what do people do during the summer? They get married, right? Yeah. Or they go on vacation. And I also live in a neighborhood where people are buying houses all the time. Housewarming gifts are good gifts, you know? So if she changed her whole message into thinking of her store as a gift store for those occasions, like if she changed instead of the lettering, you know, made, made it look a little differently, but said great gifts for graduation, people would stop in the store. And if she would stop and have a section on graduation gifts, people would look at it and go, yeah, I, I need to drop 50 or 100 on a graduation gift, you know, because you already got that in mind, right? You're going to a graduation, you got to buy a gift, right? And then while they're in there seeing that stuff, they'll buy the other stuff. They're, they're looking at the other stuff too, right? right? Exactly. So when it comes to business, man, the most important number you can do is really understand the business that you're in, right. you know, whether it's, I don't care, you know, a salon, hair salon, I would recommend that hair salon businesses are not in the business of cutting hair and, and dying hair. I would recommend that they're in the business of making somebody look better. Right. And youth, youth preservation business. It, it could be that, you know, that's actually not bad. You know, if you're in the advertising business, but you're in like, you're not in the business of advertising. You're in the business if you're, you know, if you really think about it, of driving sales to a company, yep. you know, which is a lot different. Mm -hmm. uh, I even discovered by Boston Bike Company, which I just want to let everybody know out there, I'm, I'm looking for a new CEO, all right? If anybody could see what I look like, I, I look like I'm still in my 40s. But I <laughs> John Doe is no lie to the listeners. <laughs> but, uh, John and there's this thing called Google. People use it these days to find information, John. <laughs> right, right, right. I know, I know. But um, I realized that I don't want to be a CEO anymore. Like, I don't, that's not my, what I'm really good at is figuring out a market gap and going after that market gap. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for somebody that's got the energy and the power who could put together pretty much and make, and make a lot of money for themselves. So I just want to let, you know, anybody that's listening to this thing, know that I'm looking for a CEO to work with me on building the Boston Bike Company. But the Boston Bike Company, and most people think of bicycles as something you would buy for yourself. And the fact is, there are so many bikes in my where I live, everyone's got a bicycle pretty much. Not everyone, but, but they buy the cheapest bike they can until they can get a car. That's really what the mentality of most people are. Now, but what I discovered out of the bicycles that I sold is that over 65% of them were bought as gifts. Grandmothers buying them for grandchildren, fathers buying them for daughters, blah, blah, blah. But they were getting, they didn't, the, the person buying the gift didn't take the bike out for a ride. They bought it for a gift. So I am changing my marketing from selling my bikes to people who are looking for a bike. There's, there's also sales in that too. But people that are looking to buy a good gift for someone. For example, if you're going to college, if you're a dad and your, your child is going to college, you might consider buying them a bike. In fact, you know, if you're a if you're a dad or mom, you might consider buying your child for a bike for any reason. It's good exercise. It's a good thing to do. And there are a lot of people out there promoting the bike world as you know, like this is a really good thing to do. And my bikes are not expensive, and they're 
they really are really low maintenance, so it really does make a great gift. But on top of that, the gift business is so freaking huge. So if you think of your business as a gift business, as opposed to a, I'm selling an item business, that number in the gift business is a, a bigger marketplace, okay? So a very important number in business math is the market that you're dealing with. Once you recognize that you really want to go in that direction, the most important number is how much does it cost me to get a customer to buy my product? Now, again, a lot of people will go, well, you know, I could print flyers and put them on windshields and blah, 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 blah. You know, all these cheap ways of doing guerrilla marketing. When you're doing guerrilla marketing, you're not including the cost. How much are you going to get paid, Mike, $8 an hour? Yep. Well, let's go, gonna, let's, uh, go easy, let's go easy math and let's say 10. Okay, 10. You're not including your $10 an hour. All right. Right. And then you're doing your printing and you're developing and you're like, you know, designing and you're re really spending most of your week on doing guerrilla marketing. And it's a dollar number. Now, you don't have a lot of money to spend on marketing. So you're going, well, at least I could do this. I'm doing something. But the fact is, you if you have enough time to do that, you have enough time to do a lot of different kinds of marketing. But people then they'll go, well, I'll, I'll do uh, Google Clicks. And the, there's a couple of costs associated with Google Clicks. One is the cost of a click, and whether, another is the cost of how much time you're spending managing your campaign. And you could spend a lot of time doing those two things. And you don't even know what message your, your company is sending out there because you're running all different messages. It's a marketing dollar. So I think the most important number in a business is your marketing message, developing a marketing message and then multiplying that marketing message into all different kinds of areas where you can advertise. And to develop that marketing message is costly. So how do you start with a marketing message? Well, if you had a business, I don't care what it is, and you know anyone, it does, could be anybody. It could be you know people. I know you used to go to the barbershop, right? but you're not hanging at the barbershop anymore, right? I go for a trim once in a while now. Okay, great. All right. So if you went to wherever you're going or hung around with that whoever, it, it could be anyone, you say what your marketing message is. You don't say, this is my marketing message. You say something like, do you like this? I have a beauty salon that makes people look 10 years younger. You know, try different messages, okay? Mm -hmm. It could be anything. And people go, I like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. But they will feedback you can ask enough people to test your marketing message out verbally. Yep. Um, I do it all the time. I, I think it's one of the smartest ways to, and most cost-effective ways to see if your message would convert. Because once you, once people, once you start having a consistent, yeah, so oh, I like that. And you see their faces light up. Then, you know, if you, if you put that on the billboard, if you put that on the radio, you put that on TV, you put that on a Facebook ad, whatever, it'll move people to, to take the next step. Exactly. And you've got to come up with that, whatever that might be, because again, it, as you know, Mike, if you've got a website and your marketing message is there at the beginning, it will allow people to read, keep on reading the message. So you got to catch them with something interesting and then keep coming through on that whole marketing message. But once you get your marketing message and your marketing number down, then the cost of goods sold and the administrative costs all become really, really interesting. Because if your marketing if you know it costs, in my case, let's say it costs $100 to sell a bicycle. Let's just say $200. I don't care what the number is. Let's say I want to sell my bikes for 
$900. Well, that leaves $700 left over for admin and cost of goods sold. Now, if, if I wasn't making money in my cost of goods sold, I could increase the cost of the bicycle and then it, therefore increase my profit because I know if I'm spending $200 on a bicycle to sell the bicycle and I could sell as many bicycles as I want at $200 all day long, then I can increase the cost by 50 bucks and make a, make a good profit on it. So that's where the numbers all work in. And if you listen to radio as much as I do, which I listen to sports radio, a lot of companies come up with their taglines. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bernie and Phil's. You don't, you don't, have you ever heard of Bernie and Phil's? At a furniture store? Furniture store. Yeah. They say quality, comfort, and price. They've been saying that for 40 years. Yep. Tom Fair Tire is what? Name brand, name brands and discount prices. Nobody beats a Tom Fair Tire. Yep. All right. Nobody. Nobody. All right. <laughs> if you listen to these commercials and they are over and over and over again with the same message because that message is the one that they figured out works. Mm-hmm. So they will put money into it in television, print, internet, blah, 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 blah. And it's all the same message and it conveys the same thing. So that's the business math. Develop your marketing message. I'm glad you said that. The first part of the number that I caught was the market size. I think a lot of people underestimate that number because they, because they, sometimes they think, well, everyone's going to love my thing. And that's not true. Understanding the market size and the need for what you have is super important. And then the second thing I heard you say was about the number was the market and method, spending the money, the time, the resources to get that, that number right. And then the then third I heard was the customer acquisition costs. Like now putting that message in front of the right people, how to get them to convert. Uh, I mean, how to get them to become customers. What's, what's it going to cost? And then understanding your cogs, then the cogs and the profit and all that stuff come after. Because once you have those other numbers right, then you know what numbers you really could play with as far as to get to your profit. And I think if more people understood that, I think more people would be willing to spend money on marketing. And, I, and what I realized, John, is that the businesses that do really well, they don't skip out on marketing. They they literally have it budgeted out, like you just said, and it's not random or sporadic. They know they 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 take the time to to run tests and and they take the time to see how people react. And and marketing is is also about um, adjusting. And, and and but once, like you said, the companies you mentioned, they've been using the same messages for 30, 40 years. Once you have the right message, you don't ever have to change it. Like I, I, I always like to talk about McDonald's and, and, and there I'm loving it. And every McDonald's campaign, everyone's having a good time. It's smiley and happy. And you just want to have a good, good time at McDonald's. And no, no time in, in, the, in the history of going to McDonald's is the experience like that. But in your head, when you're getting those visuals and when you're getting those marketing messages, it's this fun, happy place. So I, I think if, if small businesses, or any size business that's struggling with marketing, understand what you just said about marketing math and how you broke that down. They'll be well on their way to crafting a message that that would be able to convert and drive sales for them. Yeah. So what what you're talking about is selling the dream, right? Um, yeah. I dream of Big Macs. You know, I don't buy them anymore, but it only takes me two seconds to eat one. Right? <laughs> you know, I, I might be at one second, John. Oh man, they're really, they're really good, but then it's done. And my old dream is, poof. but, um, but again, like I said before, I'm looking for a new CEO, right? So what I would tell 
a new CEO that wanted to work with me is that if you want to make if you want to make a lot of money, then you want to know the numbers that I'm talking about in my Boston bike company. So if you want to put the time and energy into it, you will eventually make a lot more money than pretty much anybody you know. It's going to be work. It's going to be hard. And it's, there's no guarantees. But most people want, they you judge success based, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, based on how much money you make. And um, I can tell you that when, you're, when you've got things working well, you think about other things. You know, it's not all, it's not only just about the money that has nothing to do with the money you're making. It has to do with a lot of other stuff. Like, you know, you're running a company now, then you got, you know, then you got a lot of other things going on. For example, at the Teddy Bear company, I had a lot of women working for me in only two bathrooms. Um, and they would all say to me, Chad, you got to have more bathrooms for us. I mean, there's 300 <laughs> women out there. And like, uh, and I started adding bathrooms like crazy. You know, because they were absolutely correct. Um, so, and I was the CEO when I knew my job was making sure they're happy because they had the marketing and other numbers down. So that part of it's all a lot of fun too. I mean, you really have a blast with a successful company. So uh, I want to re-say what I said before. When you're doing marketing, you're selling the dream. You're not, you're not giving all the information. You're just selling the dream. Yeah, it's just, just enough information for them to make a decision. Just enough information for them choose you over the competitor or just enough information to, to get them to move to the next step that you want them to move to. Yes. Yep. That's it, Mike. Yeah, I agree. All right, John. Well, that was great. I, I hope the listeners really understood what you said because mo- a lot of people don't teach that. Um, is one of the things that, one of those things that people that inside marketing they really understand marketing, they, they get what you're saying there. But I, I hope the listeners uh, really break that down. And, and as far as uh, anyone looking to work with John and be his CEO, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man, you'll, you'll learn so much um, about business working with John way more than you even know. You don't know. I, I think one of the best things that I did as a business person was working with you when we were building uh, the academy. And and I, I mean, to, to, to this day, I use so much of the things that you taught, even inside marketing, the cupcakes or whether I'm running, Standout charges, understanding like the little, the little things I I probably would have figured out, but it would have been a few years in the game that I would have figured out. Like one of my favorite things that I like to when I reference you, you always taught me about there's different levels to business, and like it was always cool for me. Um, to now I know like when I'm going into another level because it feels strange and feels uncomfortable and I get a little nervous. But then because I understand, hey, wait, 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 this just me going to another level, I get excited. And it's just little things like that where also, too, I think one of the biggest things you helped me with, too, was when I was talking about, yeah, I don't sleep, I work, I'm always up doing stuff. And you were like, yeah, that's cool, Mike, but, you know, I ran the teddy bear company about three hours a day, so I don't know about you. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not, I didn't do any kind of numbers like you did with the teddy bear company, you were seeing three to four hours. And I was like, after that, that's when I learned I, okay, I got to learn to work more smart and right than working hard. Smart. And, and it's, it's just, it was just a whole bunch of little things that I told. If anyone's going to take you up on the offer, I'll co-sign that and let them know that's definitely the way to go for numerous reasons. So that's what we got for today. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with an, another episode next week. And we're going to talk about the Swiss cheese. Until next week, 
Time is the most valuable commodity. Thank you for spending some time with us. Marketing the Cupcakes Podcast. Peace.